0: Excellent, excellent, man, Charlie. What you were reading is profound. That was incredible. I don't know if I don't know if y'all were paying attention, but wow, what he was saying is gold. Um, also, did y'all see Luca looking into those big lights the whole time? <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to see a thing until about three p.m. today if I was doing that. That's impressive. Um, I I was I was given a uh, a passage this week that really resonated with me. Uh, We're talking about some monsters that we face. And uh, uh, this was a little bit misleading to have these sweet, innocent children um, that were here in front of you. And I was I was looking at them like, oh I want more of those. And then I looked over at my row and I was like, oh yeah, now I know why. (laughs) I don't have more of those. Because those sweet little things will become monsters. <laughs> and, um, and this is something that we face. And, and we all face this. Because those are our future. Those are our future. And so we are, we are entrusted with this by God. And I can't even take care of myself. And I have four humans. And I know you guys the future is looking dim. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but we're entrusted with much. And 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 the Lord has a lot to say about that. And and I want to start with this this is a very unassuming passage, but in 2nd Chronicles chapter 21 verse 20, I uh actually we gave me this this week and I was just like this is it? This is what this is what the Lord has been speaking to me. Uh there's there's this passage and let me let me catch you up there was an incredible king named Asa who had a son who became king and he was an incredible king godly godly man and his name was Jehoshaphat and then Jehoshaphat had Jehoram and and this is what it says Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king. He reigned eight years in Jerusalem. He died to no one's regret and was buried in the city of David, but not in the tombs of the kings. And that's my fear. That's my fear for my people. That's my fear for you. That is especially my fear for your children. He died to no one's regret. Could a worse thing be said about you? He died to no one's regret. You know what that means? It means one of two things. At minimum, it means no one missed him because he didn't matter. But if you read his story, he died to no one's regret means the world was better off without Him. Dang! And that is my fear for any living soul. That, that on your death they could say the world was better off. Golly! You know, I have this thought, and this is not theologically this is not really how it works okay but i have this thought that one day we we get to to heaven which is on the other side of of this craftsman table <laughs> okay and 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 i get to heaven and Jesus allows me in, and oh, what it will be like to be in the presence of God. And this is, this is not really ha- how it's going to work, but, but take the principle. And as God calls us, and we all stand before, before judgment, and God allows me in, because those who believe in Christ will be allowed in. The Bible says that some of us will make it as one escaping through the flames, like, you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You had, you had Jesus. Good job. You can come in. But then my children are behind me. And as I'm worshiping the Lord, I can't wait for my children to come and see what I'm seeing. But as I look back at the gate, I, I see that there's a denial And they're not allowed in. What would you do? Jesus, no! Jesus, no! You don't understand! You've got to let him in! That's a good kid, Jesus! You don't understand! It's my fault! I never taught him because there was other things that we were doing. We were doing stuff every week and it was my fault. Take me instead, God! You've got to let him in! Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through him. And if I don't teach my kids Jesus, I will have died to no one's regret. Now they have the responsibility to accept it. But I can't imagine, I can't imagine knowing. That I put it off and put it off and put it off and put it off until I never introduced them to Jesus until the world had already won. This is my fear. Hopefully, it's your fear. And it puts things in perspective for me because I can get into whatever it is, it doesn't matter. We could, be, we could be doing weekends doing chess competitions. It doesn't matter what it is. Something is always taking priority. Something al- always is taking precedent. And we're, we're learning about something and we're so busy maybe that we don't have a Bible study because we're practicing this thing or I'm running you to this new event or whatever. And I'm, I, I just think that our enemy is really pleased with our schedule. And so, we've got to we, we've got to understand that there is someone trying to steal, and kill, and destroy our children. A little bit like football, and it seems. It, it, it seems uh, like an understatement to say that this is a game, but our Cowboys are doing decent this year, so we'll just use it. <laughs> now you're worried though, you're worried, you're worried about your Cowboys, and, and, and because, not, not because that they're not good, it's that we're worried about particularly one side of the ball. Like our defense, we're pretty stoked. Our offense, we're a little nervous, right? But you understand, you've got to have both, and I think that in parenting, we typically play one side of the ball or the other, and we've got to be strong on on both sides. Let me start with defense, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm just going straight to Scripture today. I'm trying really hard not to throw out opinion. Uh, I was actually super nervous to talk about kids because I'm so opinionated about this. And so I'm just really going to stick to my notes and just, just give you Scripture and not my, um, not my opinions. But we've got to play defense. Understand that you have a child. You saw these three children up here and here's my question when should those children be allowed to make decisions for themselves and this is where we begin to get into opinion and our opinions may not agree with one another but what we can agree on is that their children Therefore, they are not able to make mature decisions. And as long as a child is your child, you are entrusted by God to help lead and help make decisions. And so I I help with good decisions and I punish bad decisions. Why? Because the ultimate parent, my father, does the same thing and this is what he leaves me in in the word bibleinfo.com okay bibleinfo.com you can look up things topically look up discipline look up raising children and i'm only going to give you a few scriptures for time's sakes oh my goodness the bible talks a lot about disciplining children it is there's, there's no, it's, it's without question. God says to use discipline. Proverbs 13, the one who will not use the rod hates his son. So all this that you've heard about, spare the rod, spoil the child, baloney. It says if you spare the rod, you hate your child. To not discipline your child is hatred towards that child. Again, not my opinion, this is the Lord, but the one who loves him disciplines him, Diligently. We've got to have a strong defense. We've got to discipline. And there are many children that are growing up right now who have never been disciplined. Well, not my kid. Because my kid... Wait, wait, wait. Yelling with no consequences, is not discipline. Okay? And I'm a yeller. Ask my neighbors. <laughs> I, I'm a yeller. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying you can't yell at your kids. I yell at my kids so much. I'm working on it. But my bark has a bite because God says discipline. Yelling with no discipline is just annoying they're not going to stop it. It just becomes part of their life to be yelled at. That's not what discipline is. God knows what discipline is. Look at Hebrews 12, verse 7. Endure suffering as discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there that a father does not discipline? Literally. (laughs) This is in the Bible. What? What father who loves their child wouldn't discipline their child? It's a no-brainer. Yet you have, bro, I mean, we can, we can thumb through the channels right now, and you can find somebody in some form telling you not to discipline your children. Oh, never shame your children. How will they ever know you're proud of them if they don't know when you're ashamed of them? <laughs> At some level, I'm not telling you, bring your kids home and go, you played like junk today, I'm disowning you, I'm ashamed of you. No! I'm not going, oh, that's okay, sweetie, it was perfect in my eyes. No, it wasn't. (laughs) I I don't know how that has crept in as, as wisdom. Now, again, some of you are looking at me like you have no idea what you're talking about because you grew up with something abusive. That's not what we're talking about. Please don't project that onto what I'm saying. Please don't project that onto what I'm saying. I'm just saying that we don't treat everything like it's rainbows and sunshine. Your kids need to know that is not acceptable at some point and be disciplined for it. We're not talking about degrading someone, breaking their spirit. I want you to break their will, their stubborn will, not their spirit. He goes on in verse 11 and says, No discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. All right, I told you I'm, I'm doing my best to keep opinion out of this. God says that discipline seems painful. Why? Because if I can't match the discipline, <laughs> if, if the child wants something and the discipline is so light that the reward for doing the wrong thing is so much greater than the discipline, then the discipline is ineffective. So it has to be painful. Oh, he's a, he's a kid beater. Listen. Take the controls away. Take a phone away. That's discipline too. Can you spank? You better believe it. When, when he said spare the rod, sp- he's not talking about a proverbial rod. He's talking about a size 42 long belt. Okay? <laughs> if you abuse your children, there is, there, listen, we want to help you just like we would help anyone who came and said, I have an addiction, help me. We will help you out of that, but we will never condone it. Please, again, I'm begging don't project that onto what I'm saying. We are not, if, 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 if you're injuring a child, we're just, we're, we're, we're not in support of that. You need to get over that or someone needs to take your kids from you. But discipline, please. He said, no discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. There's a point. You're not disciplining out of anger. If you're angry, wait till tomorrow. I have I have a little, a little saying. Uh, I get I get all kinds of fired up about stuff, and I, I really love sports. I have to remind myself all the time, this is not the goal. I want my kids to go to heaven. It doesn't matter. I don't think we're going to be playing any sports there. If, if so, I'm, I'm sure that it's going to be a new body, and I'm going to be a lot more coordinated. So it, it'll, it'll be great. And, and the principles that I've learned in sports here, right. But I, I, I tell myself, yesterday I coached, today I watch, tomorrow I correct. Because if I start correcting while I'm fired up, then it just becomes, today I'm a jerk. Maybe that's helpful to you, uh, maybe not. I'm sure you've all got that under wraps and you have no problems. <laughs> Say it again. Okay, uh, yesterday I coached, today I watch, tomorrow I correct. If it's not worth saying tomorrow, it's not worth saying. So don't do it while you're fired up. If you, if, if you need to give a spanking, dude, don't do it while you're fired up. You walk in and they just broke something and that was your great-grandma's and you're all, you're all pumped up. Dude, go, go, go do your thing. Go, go punch the door. Make sure it's the metal front door. But man, go go do your thing. That's not the time to correct. Later on, however, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And God has disciplined you as children and brought you into something peaceful. And many of you don't know that because it's not a popular teaching. A lot of people say, "Oh, honey, that's not that's not how it works. That's not the Lord doesn't do that." Says he does. It sure feels like he does. It seems to happen very coincidentally after my habitual sin, so uh, yes, he does. Yes, the Lord disciplines. And so should you. For a purpose. Not just for the sake of doing it. Not just to be mean. Not for a power trip. It's for a purpose. There's a lot of freedom I think, in how you discipline. Because kids are just different. Right? Yeah. Even within my own children, they just respond differently. Okay? So there's a lot of freedom in, in, in how you discipline, but God is very clear that you must discipline. That's defense. I'm helping my children make decisions I am not allowing them to go certain places or have certain things maybe this is freedom for you and I don't mean this sarcastically I mean this out of love because I'm in the same boat as you I'm in the same boat as you and I hope I hope that if I say something that offends you that you don't go I hope his kids fail so that I can rub his nose in it and and they may they may I'm just doing the best I, I can just like you and and this was super convicting for me to study all week But maybe this will help you. Your kid doesn't need anything on their phone. Need. And, and we, we, drop, we drop a phone. I know this is a pen, but it's, it's a phone. And we say, here, here's a direct line from Satan. Keep that in your pocket at all times. And... Uh, I just I just want to give you that freedom because I know that other parents aren't doing that and they're not disciplining and they're not taking away the source. Is it not the source of most of the problems that you're having with your teenager? Yes. And let me tell you the here's insult to injury, you're paying for it. They don't need it. I mean it's 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 an inanimate thing. Only some of them, well, like Snapchat, that was created for, that was created so you could send nudes and get rid of them. I mean, I mean that's the point in it. And you're, well, we don't do that. On, that and that's great, but somebody's pursuing your children with it. And, and, and this is not me preaching against social media, technology, any of those things. I'm just saying, if there's, a, oh, we have a problem. It's a problem. It's a problem. It's a problem. It's gone. Stop paying for access uh, from Satan. So I just want to give you that as, as freedom, really, really, really. That's a problem that doesn't have to be a problem. Okay, but it's not just defense. We got to play both sides of the ball, right? And I think that's what the Lord does with us. There's a point to everything that He's doing, He's fair with us. And He doesn't discipline just to discipline. He has a goal for our life. Now remember about uh, Jehoram. He died to no one's regret and was buried in the city of David, but not in the tombs of the kings. And what really strikes me about that is his grandfather was an incredible man. They had a massive, massive celebration of his life when he passed. His grandfather Asa. His Father Jehoshaphat is probably the most second written about king. Well, no, Solomon and Saul. But I'm telling you, he was large and in charge. A great man of God. You should you should read about Jehoshaphat sometime. Just a really fantastic man. And how could he have a child that was so evil as Jehoram? It's weird. So just because you're following Jesus doesn't always mean that your children will, but it sure helps. You know, we're following a generation that was one of the first to really change a mindset. See, in past generations, um, I I would have a shoe store and i would sew leather to soles and i would be able to resole boots and be able to to do to do this and the elves would come at night i don't know where this example is coming from okay it just like i make shoes okay i make shoes and so i would have children and they would grow up and guess what i would disciple them to do they would make shoes and my retirement because no, nobody was paying into Social Security. There was no such thing. So my retirement was that my children would come over and they would do what? They would make shoes and they would take care of me when I was elderly. Or if I had land, or if I had a dispute. You, you, th- this, is, this is interesting to us because this isn't a thing. If I had a dispute, I could stick my chest out. Why? Because I had children who had my back. This is the way that they thought of children. And we think of children like, man, we've, we've got to have them, and we've got to pay a bunch of stuff, and they're going to be horrible, and they're going to be resilient, but you got to love them, or people in town will judge you, and you right? And it's just like, we, we, they're never really born with an intent anymore. What are they going to be? You can be whatever you want to be. And so you're some dude without a job and a lot of student debt, because there was never an intent we quit doing ceremonies like other people have, like the, the quinceanera, the bar mitzvah. All of these things were ceremonies to tell women, you are, uh, you, you are now a woman, to tell men, you are now a man, and here's what we expect of you. Here's what you are to do. It wasn't just defense. It was offense. I expect something of you. Here's the ball. Go score. You know, I read about Jehoram and and that he died to no one's regret. And we all think, but that's not going to be my kid. To which I ask, why is that not going to be your kid? Why? That's a hard one to answer. And ultimately, we're leaving it up to the Lord because some of you have the testimony where you say, I, I grew up with fantastic parents, and dude, I just, I just rebelled. I just ran. Dusty has that story. He's like, I don't know why I did all the things I did. My parents never told me to do any of those things. And, and, and I, I get it, but, but why? Why won't your kids do that? I don't want you looking over your shoulder one day saying, I should have led them towards something greater. Understand that this is the way God parents and he is leading you towards something greater. So if you're not in the parent theme this morning, you are in the child theme and understand that God is your father and now maybe you're getting some insight into what he's doing for you. Why did I get this injury? Why did I go through this situation? Why was I born in this place? Why? Because God has something he's leading you to. And we are to do the same thing for our kids. Psalm 127, I love this. Hang with me. Unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert in vain. In vain you get up early and stay up late, working hard to have enough food. Yes, he gives sleep to the one he loves. It goes through these. These are all physical things, okay? Uh, building a house, watching over a city, staying alert, all, you know, having food, all these things. Unless the Lord blesses it, it's going to be in vain. Because you know that. You've had things, and you worked, and you worked, and you worked, and you worked, and it is like, boom, that just was taken out from under me. So if God doesn't bless it, we build it in vain. Well, how much more your children? And this is where he goes in verse 3. Sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord, offspring, a reward, do you ever think about that? Sons are from the Lord. And again, daughters too. Your children are a blessing from the Lord. I'm going to go a step farther. Your children are the Lord's. And I give this example all the time. If I gave you a $100 bill and I said, Carly, I want you to take this $100 bill. I want you to give it to Royce. I know he needs it. Carly would be like, oh, what a blessing to get to do this. And F said, Carly, here's $100. And she took it home. She's like, "Woohoo! I got $100. And then I call her later and say, hey, you still got that $100? Will you give it to Royce? Now she's been robbed of $100. It's the exact same scenario. The only difference is who she thought the money belonged to. Your children don't belong to you. So, no, you have plans for them, but your plans are (laughs) secondary at best. They belong to the Lord, created by the Lord for a purpose for the Lord. And so it's a blessing to get to grow them and to love them. Why? Why do you? How does this happen? These these ladies are up here, and they're holding these babies, and I'm like, that baby just ripped your body in half. (laughs) You had somebody roll you over and stick a needle all the way into your spine just to relieve you from the pain of bringing this little bundle of joy into the world. And then you brought them home, and you've got to wake up and like feed them every two hours, and you're sleep-deprived. You, you can't, they can't feel their body. They still can't sleep on their stomachs. It's torture. And then you'll raise them, and they'll only ever cost money. They'll never make you a dime they just keep sucking money out of you and you love them and want more what has God done to us it is the strangest thing if anything else woke you up every two hours demanding food it would be in a shelter And God has made you love this. And you are old enough to see yourself as that starving child crying for God every two hours. And hopefully by now you've understand your own depravity. And I want you to understand in the same way that these women can have their bodies ripped in half and and just cut with a pair of pruning shears to get this thing out of their bodies. You are that child to your father and in the same way that we fallible humans still love that baby he still loves you and he has a plan for you and he made a purpose for you and he wants more you're supposed to reproduce you're supposed to make disciples sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord offspring a reward Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the sons born of one's youth. Happy is the man who has filled his quiver with them. They will never be put to shame, and they speak with their enemies at the city gate. This is interesting. Like arrows in one's quiver. Well, it is deer season. It is deer season, but... I don't think they were hunting the way that we hunt. I think typically arrow arrows in a quiver. Yeah, used for hunting, but also used for for war. You're in a war. And you're raising up soldiers. And in the same way that an arrow has no use unless it has direction, you've got to give direction to these arrows. And we don't think of it that way because the Disney Channel has told us for so long that you can be whatever you want to be that we forgot to give anyone purpose in life. And an arrow only works if you aim it. And an arrow only works if you fire it. Happy is the man who's filled his quiver with them. This is the interesting part to me. They will never be put to shame when they speak with their enemies at the city gate. That's weird, isn't it? Because we, we fully intend to have our kids grow up, get an education, go have a family of their own, some somewhere, someday, somehow. We'll come visit every often, but really, we'd like to travel, so move to a distance. And I'm not saying any of these things are bad. I'm just saying, we would really like for you to go off, but there's never an intent that my children will fight my battles. And that seems to be God's intent for His children. That they will fight a Battle, And I'm not, again, yes, I'm looking forward to the day that I get my wife all to myself. Hooray. But you are in a spiritual war, and I hope that your kids know where they're pointed. I hope that they understand who the enemy is. I hope that they have purpose and direction and intent with their life and know that you have expectations over their life. And in the same way that you can discipline, and God tells us to discipline, but there's a lot of freedom in how, listen, here is who our enemy is. There's a lot of freedom in how you fight this enemy, but you will fight as I have fought. And so the question to us is, are you fighting? Are you giving direction? I think this is really cool. He just messaged me. He wasn't able to come uh, come back, but we have a young man that's going to Ranger College. You need to talk to him someday. Fascinating story in how he uh, is here. But his name is Noah Hutchins. I really want you to meet him. And I really want you to go see some of these guys' games. I'm telling you, I've been watching some of our, uh, our uh, basketball team, um, men's and women's, uh, but obviously he's on the men's. Um, I've been watching some of their basketball, uh, some of their practices, and they're going to be so good. There's some guys in there that don't even know how to make a layup because they can just dunk it so easy. Why would you? It's, it is a blast to watch. And, and Noah's a really cool guy, but Noah's parents met when they were in college. Both of them were collegiate athletes, and uh, his parents are believers. His father uh, was a coach in Buffalo, New York. That's where Noah moved from. And he began to rent out gymnasiums, And he was in an area where there was a lot of gang rivalry and stuff. And so uh, they began to rent out these gymnasiums and have this just midnight madness thing. And they would have kids come and play basketball all night long. And he said it was so cool because kids from different gangs would be there and they'd be playing ball. And he said, and I knew it very well because I grew up with so many of these kids in my house. That stuck out to me. I grew up with him in my house because I'm thinking about this. Man, if Jehoshaphat had a kid that that died to no one's regret, how am I going to not? Because Jehoshaphat, I can't even live up to that standard. Jehoshaphat was wise. He was intelligent. He was a king. And then I meet Noah, and he begins to tell me this story, and he says that line, I grew up with him in my house all the time. You know what Noah does? He started his own brand. If you see him, he's probably wearing something that says LTE, stands for License to Eat. And so with sports, you know, like License to Eat, that means like I'm hungry, I want more. And so he has these events and people pay an admission to come and they do these sports things and then he goes and he feeds the homeless. And last Christmas uh, in Buffalo, New York, he rented out a hotel and he had homeless come in. When they came in, the rooms were full of gifts and they stayed there for two weeks through the holidays. Pretty cool, huh? Do you know where that started? I grew up with these kids in my house all the time. His father was fighting a battle. And his son was an arrow in his quiver. And he fired it. Now, I told Noah, and I have permission to do that. In fact, I was going to get him to stand. They had a tournament yesterday, and he's actually on his way home. He messaged me and said that he wouldn't be able to make it. And I said, man, that's a lot of pressure. I want you to understand I don't expect you to be perfect. Even if you're a poser and everything that you're telling me, uh, you know, you're you're not really doing or you're doing for the wrong reasons, the point still remains that his father set an expectation for him. And by the way, he is the real deal. But there was an expectation It was a, I have a battle, and you're going to join me. Most of the requests that we get as ministers are, there's something wrong with this kid, fix this. I need you to understand, though, a lot of the biblical advice is for you to never get there. And that, that, if, if that sounded physician, I didn't mean it that way at all. There are just principles that we need to be doing. We cannot neglect our children. We've got to be paying attention. Because it's a lot easier to never go there in a lot of situations than to get out of it. Now, can you get out of it? Absolutely, 100%. And you guys know that I'm, I'm a huge support of, of counseling, of therapy. We love to pray with you, minister with you, visit with you, all of those things. But understand that God is giving you principles to live by from day one of this child so that we don't go there, because God's way is better, so there's no point in visiting those places. Uh, Worship team, I want you to go ahead and come up. But I want your children to be able to fight, not not your battles, not your petty battles, but the battle. And to do that, you've gotta have a good defense. But our boys aren't going to be able to score any points today without an offense, are they? What's the point in your children? (laughs) This is a weird question, isn't it? What's the point in your children? Man, all of these things that we get caught up in doing aren't evil things. And we can turn anything into a distraction from Jesus. So we can't point our oh, it's video games. It's right. no, listen. Before before it was TikTok, it was video games. Before it was video games, it was TV. Before it was TV, they're just riding around in the neighborhood in their box. And boxing. before that, it was like they're just they're out hunting saber-toothed tigers all the time. I don't know what it was, but it's not the thing. It's the principle. We've got to be present. We've got to be in, on offense, and we have to be intentional where we are firing these arrows because right now, man, we are just like, you go to college, you figure it out. And I'm not talking about careers. I'm talking about spiritual warfare. If we're not intentional, we have no idea where they will land. Lord, I pray, I pray over this city, God, over our children, over this county, God, that you would God, I, I've just I've always had this and I believe that you're the one that put it in my mind, but there's just an aircraft carrier and there are there are planes launching off of it to go and wage war, God, and that's how I see you, Ranger one day is that this is a carrier where where children are leaving this place to go and and wage war, whether it be here or somewhere else, Father. They are taking off with a goal, with a mission, with a purpose, and loaded with the sword of truth, God, loaded with your word and everything that you have. God, I know that you are the answer for, uh, for this place for us and God for our children for our future God you are the answer so we give them to you God and I pray that we will be inspired as parents as grandparents guardian people who have a kid that's a neighbor that we love God I pray that we will be inspired to 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 help and bring purpose to their life and you are that purpose God you said in the beginning was the word and I know that that means purpose in the beginning was a purpose you are our purpose thank you for being with us. Thank you for being for us. We are unworthy and we're grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The worship team is going to play. Uh, as they do, baskets are going to be up here. That's a great place to put in your tithe and offering. That's how we, uh, part of our worship. Uh, but also, if there's something that you're walking through and we can walk through with you, please make sure and let us know on that connection card. Better yet, hang around at, after service and tell us in person. Stand and worship. Thank you.